Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, and as the good lady says, you are daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns. We are joined here this evening, and this is one of my favorite guests, because look, there comes a time, maybe it's one or two or three times a year, I need to sit down, and I need to go to football school. And one of the best things about our guest here this evening, and this show tonight is brought to you by Action Heat, is whether he was a former NFL player, yes. Whether he was a former phenomenal college football player, yes. Whether he was also a current defensive coordinator of a possible, I think it's three-time state champion in Illinois, Matt Bowen. Matt, did I get it right? Three-time? Is that what it is? Three? Yeah, we've won three in a row. It's pretty crazy, but that's all the credit to the kids, trust me. We've had a senior class, Jeff, that uh, the last three years is just, I mean, they all started as sophomores, and they got that experience playing in the state playoffs their sophomore year, playing a state championship their sophomore year, and they just took off from there. I mean, just uh, one of the best groups uh, of pure leaders, natural leadership skills I've been around. I'm telling you, there's times when we look at each other as, as a coaching staff and say, I bet we could sit down during practice and they would run practice. And they would run it the right way. They'd make corrections for the younger kids. They would have tempo in practice. They'd go through their technique and make technique corrections during practice. It was that type of leadership. And we're playing the state title this year against Bishop McNamara, which is out of Kankakee, south of Chicago. Um, a team we've played six times in the last four years. So really there's nowhere to hide. It's like playing a divisional game in the NFL. You're playing inside a phone booth. There's not any new tricks to come out of that when you know each other so well. It was 14, 14 and a half. Uh, one of the most physical high school football games I've ever been around. They're pro style, eye formation, lead toss, ISO trap. Uh, they come after you, and they respond in the second half. And you can see at halftime, Jeff, looking at these kids, that they've already been there. You know what I mean? They've already been through some very competitive games and some adversity, uh, you know, as teammates together. And then they came out and attacked the second half and made a bunch of plays on both sides of the ball and special teams and got themselves another ring. So pretty special story for that group. It's something they'll always remember. Now, Matt, we've had a bunch of interactions um, over the years on Twitter, and you know, I'll always say go Matt's while you uh, go Matt's while you say go Cubs. Uh, maybe this year, Matt. Maybe <laughs> this year for me. Maybe this year for me. Um, but Matt, you always do a fantastic article over at ESPN.com. And if guys, if you don't get to see uh, ESPN, the NFL matchup show, and, and Matt is on that, and and this is one thing, and I kind of tease him, it should never be on as early as it is. But here I am. Look, you know, I get up at 5.50 in the morning here in New Jersey. So being up at 6.30 on a Sunday is nothing for me. Um, but, you know, Matt does a fantastic job. And, and the great thing about, you know, a, a guy like Matt who's, a, you know, was a defensive player is obviously he can break down the offense. Obviously he can break down the defense. And you get so much from him. And we're going to get to that. And as he mentioned, you know, divisional rivalries. We'll get into some Brown stuff here in a little bit. But Matt does, and this will be the third year now over at ESPN.com, where Matt does the shutdown index. And gives you, you know, basically it's you know Matt's version of the Grammys defensive backwise. But um, Matt, I mean, this year you know there's some holdovers and some guys who've been some steady players for years, right. and now we're talking some second and some first year players and a guy who may have you know just been acquired by Cleveland for the the rights to Deshaun Kaiser, who made this list and. He, it's fun because, I mean, look, as much as everybody always wants to talk about the offense and the evolution of the passing game, and look, that is part of it. There's no doubt about it. But you've got to find these guys who can shut this down. And this kind of shows what it is with what the article that you're writing. 
Yeah, it's a fun piece to write every year. What I do is, uh, you know, go through my film study throughout the year, and certain guys start to flash all the time. And you know some of the guys are going to be like Chris Harris. Chris Harris has been in, in that piece my best slot slot corner for three straight years. And, you know, he's at the top of his game, and his game isn't slipping at all. And talk about his ability to play press, play off. Play, I'm telling you right now, playing in the slot, Jeff, it's easy to say. We go through this during the draft process, you know not. Well, he can bump inside. Yeah, that's great. Bumping inside. There's a lot of room to cover in there. There's no help from the sideline. you got to play option routes, an entire route. you got to go mm-hmm. in motion. So guys like Chris Harris have been in, in, in this piece for a while. But like you said, it did have some new players. We can take Byron Jones down in Dallas. I thought he was the best press man, press man corner this year in the NFL. And that's transitioning back to the cornerback position, where I think is a more natural fit for him, given his size, given his frame and length at the line of scrimmage. Anyone who questions that, go to the Week 13 Thursday night game against the Saints and watch Byron Jones play man coverage for the majority of the night. And he can also move inside. I thought it was cool what the Cowboys did. You understand the Cowboys aren't Greg's defense in Cleveland. You know, they're, they're not as creative, but they will play some matchups. So Byron Jones against the Philadelphia Eagles, he bumps inside and plays man coverage on Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, you already mentioned with the Browns, you know, Demarius Randall. I have Demarius Randall was having the best range in the NFL this year. And I understand something about range. And, again, Jeff, you and I both do this all spring when we talk about draft prospects. It's not the stopwatch. You know, a guy who runs a low 4-4 might not have the best range because it's not about straight line speed. It's about a feel for the game, first of all. It's mm-hmm. about being able to play with your eyes. You don't understand what's in the field. Okay, first of all, what's the down distance? What personnel is in the game? Now, what is the formation? What is the formation telling me pre-snap? Now, a guy goes in motion. What have I learned from my film, film study when they go from a two-by-two two to a three-by-one? Well, Demarius Randall gets all that. And that allows him to get a jump on the I don't know what Demarius ran at the combine. It doesn't really matter to me because I see game speed. And it's interesting about Demarius because, you know, in Green Bay, he played everything. I mean, mm-hmm. and he, he has great versatility. He can play strong. He can play free. He can play him at the slot. He can play outside an island. He showed that in Green Bay. But I like what Greg has done with him this year. You know, the majority of his snaps have come as a two high or a single high safety. And that's where you're seeing that range. Very similar to when I watched him in the senior bowl workouts when he's coming out for the drafts. And everyone was talking about his footwork. And again, that speaks to his versatility. But you could see even then when he's playing corner or in the middle of the field, that range just pops. And you can see it on the film as well. He's been a huge asset here, and and look, they made you know obviously a, a tremendous overhaul to the secondary. Uh, they brought in a bunch right. of corners. They drafted one at four, um, and you know he, this is where I'll slip this one in because you're going to how we always talk about the draft, and it was you know maybe March, and I guess it was you know right before the 17 draft, and Jabril Peppers, Matt, here was a guy like what do you do with him? You know, I mean, you know, athletically, he could be a corner. Obviously, that wasn't something Michigan have showed you much. They didn't like him much deep. Then Michigan put him at linebacker. He got to Cleveland. They said, look, just play the deep, deep safety for now. We're not really sure where any of this is going. But all of a sudden now, this kid has exploded in year two, doing things he's comfortable with where everything's in front of him. But you're starting to see he can do some cover three and Beat the daylights out of receiver, you know when the ball when it's you know ball on contact on the sidelines, or he'll play right. some cover two in the in red zone where he can hit people there. 
But then you saw this past Saturday night. It was a deep ball where he was playing cover mm-hmm. two and perfect instincts. And it's just it's great to see a kid get comfortable and then realize that maybe you can expand on that. Yeah, and, and Greg took a lot of heat last year from putting him in the pokes and putting him deep in the pokes. And I played in this defense. That's what Greg likes this post safety. We want some deep over the top so they can create downhill angles to the football. If the free safety start creating flat angles, that means you're going laterally. You're not going to make a lot of plays. You're going to get beat. So Greg did take heat from putting Peppers back there. But you're seeing this year, like you said, uh, I call him a monster back. Yep. Okay? And like a Jamal Adams. You see that with Jamal Adams in New York how they utilized him. He plays all over. So I went, when you told me we were going to talk about Peppers, I went and looked at his snap count. Here's what I got. He's got 275 snaps at safety, and that can be strong or free. He's got 239 at outside linebacker, 67 in the slot, 36 at corner, and 13 at inside linebacker. So that, to me, that that is the term I use. We wrote a piece at ESPN Magazine about two or three years ago. Uh, about the new age hybrid defender. This all kind of started. It started with Dayon Buchanan. It's graduated to a yep. bunch of these other guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Tyron Matthews. Tyron Matthews is a perfect example of what he can do. Uh, what he does right now for the Houston Texans defense. I mean, very similar to Peppers, very similar to Adams, and, and guys that are so versatile. But also, you're going to do that, you got to be able to hit. you got to be physical. And that's the number one thing about defensive back play, especially if you're going to play for Greg. You better hit. I mean, that's the that's the number one thing I look for in defensive back, especially young players in the league. The footwork, the change of direction, speed, the stuff we see at the combine, that stuff all all pops on on a spreadsheet, right? Hmm. Giving the guys who are dropped pads of contact because I can win with that. You can make corrections and everything else. Yeah, you want the athletic traits. I understand it, but. On NFL DBs, a lot of these guys have athletic traits when they enter the league. It's the physicality you can't teach. You want guys that intimidate with their pads, and you can still do that in this league. I'm telling you, you can still do that in this league by the new ways of tackling and how guys are targeting the strike zone when they're attacking wide receivers and running backs. But I love the physicality he plays with, and on top of that, it's the extreme versatility that allows Greg to use him in different roles. And, and that was always one of the things for me. And look, I remember going through the game and, you know, g- getting to the collegiate level. And there were guys who had no idea what they were doing, but they were aggressive. And look, I mean, e- e- even, sure. even if you lit up the wrong guy, okay. Now, as long as I'd rather coach you to learn to light up the wrong, the right guy, but as opposed to having to teach you to be able to light up anybody. And, and that's the thing with Peppers. And he, he gets a little flack here in Cleveland. And, you know, he kind of popped off on a little bit by the fact that he went to Michigan and maybe that's held against him. And I'll be honest, I, I, you, dealing with these Browns fans every day, some of that is held against him. And some of it was, well, oh, he's not that good because, I mean, you know, and the box score analyst. And he, it was great to just see him Saturday night get a shut-up game where he had the closing sack. He had a huge yeah. interception in the end zone. And I think everybody's kind of just like, okay, well, all right, I guess now he's a Brown, and we're just going to let everything else in the past go. I love the call by Greg, Greg and Blake Williams, at the end of the game, is to go after Keenan. To send zero pressure. They're playing zero coverage behind it on the pepper sack. That means there's no safety help in the middle of the field. It's just straight man coverage. And that's an aggressive call. It's a courageous call. Because you know if they throw a pass and they catch it and you miss a tackle, the game's over. I mean, that, that's what you're playing for right there. 
but Greg was aggressive and they made the call and they got a four on three to the tight end side of the formation. You get a free rush lane and you go in there and put the quarterback in the ground and get the win. I love the call. And actually, I, I was talking with Nathan Zagura today, and I, I'm pretty sure you've been on there. You know, he covers you know Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. daily, and you know he was on. The, uh, we did a you know lunch spot this morning, and he even said the same thing. Like it, when the call came in, they were all like, "All right, yes," they were excited because you know now that this team is winning and Baker and Mayfield and the offensive side of the ball, they're producing results. The defense wanted like, "Hey, we want our calling card moment." And they got to close it out this time where, you know, basically handed the ball to Baker for the victory formation and for Jabril. And it's just another notch in this chain with this young roster where you're getting another guy who had his signature moment. And it seems there's a lot of that with this young roster. We're going to continue to go on to that uh, here on Locked on Browns. Matt Bowen joining us here this evening. As I mentioned earlier, guys, we are brought to you tonight by Action Heat. Action Heat Clothing. Um, first things first, I am a user of Action Heat Clothing. Um, you know, Matt can attest, when you are coaching as much as you are late in the fall, in the winter, as you get older, you need every advantage you can get. Hey, the players got to deal with, I mean, they're younger, your kids, but Action Heat. Um, if you're going to order something from there, uh, if you use the locked, on, uh, the locked On promo code at your checkout, you will get 20% off. Um, the best thing about it is it's it gives you sort of a, a North Face feel, but there's battery-operated fi- uh, up to uh, five ion lithium batteries, up to 130 degrees of body warmth it gives to you. Oh, guys, I'm 45 years old. My knees suck. My back sucks. My shoulders suck. I need this when I'm going to be out there on the elements. Um it's available in uh, men's and women's clothing. Has great new styles and, mo- and models released for this winter. Make winter activities, whether it's snowboarding, whether it's skiing, whether you work outside. This is something you can need. This is something you can use. It's going to make things a little bit easier. Um, so Action Heat, like I said, go in, make your first purchase. Use Lockdown as your promo code at least when you first checked in or at least when you get to the, you know, you, you know, you get to the store. Use the Locked On promo code, get 20% off. But Action Heat, we're thankful for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Um, Matt, now, you brought up Jamal Adams. And now, here's another guy. And I remember because it was the same show when we were talking Jabril Peppers. And it was, you know, it seems a guy that Jets are really interested at six. And you were like, yeah. And, you know, everybody, oh, well, you you know, maybe most of his game is in the box. But, I mean, it's not just pass rushing. It's everything Jamal Adams could do now. But the other thing is... I mean, you know, as much as he came in here with, you know, the president label, he is. You know, Sam Darnold is your guy on offense for the Jets, you know, much as Baker Mayfield is for the Browns. And you need that dude on defense. It's probably Joe Schobert that runs the show for the Browns. But Jamal Adams, and this, he was a great part of your piece. It, it, it's great to see these young guys come in and say, look, we're going to play the way I've always been taught. And, you know, however our locker room works, you know, but come with me, guys. Trust me. I'm going to bring it, and this is everybody bring it like me. We're going to do it because I think Baker Mayfield and Jamal Adams, you get them off the field, one's a safety, one's a quarterback. They're the same type of dude. Yeah, you go to Chicago. Here in Chicago, look at Eddie Jackson, too. Uh, what Eddie Jackson has done to his Bears. When healthy, such a second. playmaker. When healthy, such a yeah. playmaker. Yeah, second year in the league. He's got six picks. He's taken two back to the house here. He does things at safety that I wouldn't even try to do during my career. You know, I just didn't have that. He's got he's got a little bit of Ed Reed. That's a little bit of Ed Reed. Like I, you know, I, you know what? I'm going to risk everything because I'm that confident I can get it done. Right, and they're and and when you say risk, I agree, but they're really calculated risks because he plays within the scheme of Vic Fangio's defense, but he knows when he can drop a post route to a corner in in quarters coverage and drive downhill on a backside dig route. 
he understands that stuff. Or his, you know, the Thanksgiving play against Matthew Stafford, the pick six. That's third down. Three by one set, he jumps to tight end. You know, he's playing the down and distance. He's playing the sticks. And people say, well, wheel rot would have beat him. Well, the, the, the first not going to throw a wheel rot to the tight end in that situation. Uh-uh. Not in third to two to six. They're going to throw the flat. Jumps it, takes it back to the house. But the thing is that <clears throat> I think messes with all of this. When you talking about Peppers or Baker Mayfield or Jamal Adams, is the energy they bring. The energy they bring. And you can see it on film. You can see it when you watch the TV copy with Baker. You can see it every single day at the Senior Bowl workouts last year. It's the energy they bring to the field because that stuff is contagious. Okay? And it's one thing to talk about. It's nothing to do with it. And you watch Jamal Adams on tape. The speed he plays at is amazing. Amazing game speed. And that's a testament to his football awareness, his football intelligence, his eye discipline, and just the way he plays the game, the energy he brings to the football field. That's something you, from a coaching perspective, you want to get to work every day because of that. You can't wait to work with guys like that. Are they going to make mistakes early in their career? Of course they are. This is a tough game. Um, as a young player in the NFL, you get taught some life lessons sometimes from veteran players in that field. It happens. But can you make those corrections and can you still play with that high energy? As a coach, now I, I can work with that because we can make those corrections together and you can see that development just start to spike. And and that's the thing. I mean, it's just got to be something that's inside of you. And you'll look a lot of these guys look at the league and say, hey, all right, here's a paycheck. And, you know, whether, whether it's $3 million or $20 million, they're not looking past that. But you get certain guys, whether it's a Jamal, Jamal Adams or a Baker Mayfield, who it's, look, you know, I want to leave an NFL legacy. I want to be in this league 15 years. Yeah, the money's going to be fantastic, but, I, you know, I, this is what I want. I want to be known as an NFL legend. Um, I do want to get in here a little bit some Brown stuff. Now, now look, Matt, I mean, if we're going to get somebody on to talk about Greg Williams, uh, obviously, you know him very well. Here's the first thing I'm going to come with. I mean, here's Greg, and it was weird because he was put into this position, and I think Greg was just kind of fine with, like, look, I understand I have some shadiness in my past or whatever, the bounty gate, and threw everybody out of the building. Greg, you run the show. Uh, if you're not really sure who this guy Freddie is, he's your new, he's the offensive coordinator. It's Now, here's Greg, an older guy, and all these kids, let's go at it. Let's see what we can do. And it's gone so well, and Greg... I mean, there's a there's a big part of this fan base that says, "Look, don't change anything right now." I mean, so it's hard to live in the present and look at the future. But I mean, if they can somehow get two more wins here and they roll out this season six and one, it's going to be a hard thing to think. And is do you think this is something Greg wants? But it's just so fun to see him, you know, older that he is now, also listening to his son, but with a whole bunch of young kids, and it just seems like a really good thing going on right now. Well, I think the first thing you look at, and I'll say this right at the start, Greg Williams deserves a ton of credit, a ton of credit. I can't, I've been through a coaching change in the NFL in the offseason when Coach Spurrier left, and Washington and Coach Gibbs came in along with Greg Williams. That's hard. That's a hard transition. Starting a new offseason, new terminology, a new voice, a new way of doing things, that's an offseason. They did it in the middle of a football season. With a whole bunch of kids. Yeah, and a lot of drama that came with that with Hugh leaving, Coach Haley leaving. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could make that season just like the wheels completely fall off. 
because I've always said NFL, NFL seasons are fragile already when your coaching staff's intact. Now, now have this major change. That speaks to Greg. It speaks to the way the players look at him. Their play on the field reflects his coach. Okay, that, that comes from the top. The head coach is the most important man in the building, in my opinion, in an NFL franchise. More important than GM. Uh, this is how I look at it because he interacts with the players every single day. And that is a reflection of what they're doing right now in the football field is a reflection of Greg and his coaching, his ability to motivate, ability to work, like you said, with younger players who are just a lot of them very young in their NFL careers. Freddie Kitchens has done an excellent job, an excellent job. I mean, just a, an outstanding job with catering to his quarterback, high to low reads, getting the ball out quickly, throwing the empty when he has to to give Baker more clear to find read at the line of scrimmage and allowing his quarterback to be aggressive because that's what Baker is. You look at a touchdown throw um, Saturday night against Denver and it was a corner out in the red zone. Why did he throw that football? Well, one, it's man coverage. The other, uh, off safety rolls in the middle of the field or underneath Robin. So you know there's no help out there, the defensive back. Also, when the defensive back has his back turned, you throw the ball. That's an aggressive quarterback. You throw the ball. That's Aaron Rodgers right there. That's all the veteran players do. Drew Brees, the defensive back has his back turned to you. You throw the football and give your wide receiver a chance to make the play. You put the defensive back in a conflict position, and you tell him he has to go up through the hands of the wide receiver and make a play in the football. You look at the deep ball he threw uh, to Landry against Carolina. He split the safeties down oh the middle God. of the field. He let it go. Yeah. That, no, that was an absolute dime. There's no question about it. How many young quarterbacks make that throw? You know what that reminded That's me of? Offensive. Movie-wise, that was Paul Blake hitting that freaking statue in the hay, like from fifty yards, right? I mean, you like you just hit the spot, and it was amazing. Yeah. I can't believe you brought that movie. Didn't Sinbad play like right tackle or something for that football? Absolutely, he was like the thirty-seven-year-old <laughs> professor, and he played tackle. Oh man, that's back when I was in college and I was sitting. I remember watching that. Uh, that's great. Um, Another play. You know, what they've done, too, is mix their personnel. They had a couple deep balls in that Carolina game on the 13 personnel. That's one wide receiver, three three tight ends in the football game. Off the play action. Uh, I think it was a deep ball. Richard uh, yeah, Perriman to start yeah, it off. I mean, Brashard, now, and that's the funniest thing, because you have Greg Robinson, Brashard Perriman contributing to this. And these guys are, you know, well, Matt, you understand, almost NFL punchlines. You know, I mean, I hate well, to say the word, but busts. But now they're in the, you know, when they first got here to Cleveland, you know, Greg got here, was 1-31. When they signed Brashard Perriman, there were some injuries, and this, I mean, the situation was certainly not good. I mean, these guys were like basically went to the bottom barrel, and it was like, all right, well, this is our NFL careers. And both of them are, you know, I mean, I don't want to say coming up like roses, but maybe, uh, you know, like, you know, some, some violets or something like that. These guys have been big, big contributors. Yeah, and it's a great it's a great story about opportunity. There's not, you know, opportunities are few and far between that league. And if you get another one, you have to take advantage of it. That's what Perriman's done. I mean, that's what he's done. He's taking advantage of the opportunity, you know. And Baker's shown confidence in him, right? So that has to come, too, from what you're seeing. You know, and obviously we're not in the practice, so we're not in the meeting rooms with him. But that's what, that obviously comes from the confidence and the chemistry that's built in those situations. This just happen on game day. That's just what we see. That's the final product. What we don't see is what's going on throughout the week, whether it's in the weight room, the training room, the meeting room, the walkthrough sessions they have, the correction ses- sessions they have, and the and during practice. That's where that confidence is built. 
So Fairman's doing the right things in those situations as well to get the targets in the field come game day and to gain the confidence in his quarterback to when I'm open deep or when I have a step, put the ball up and go make a play for you. That's what happened Saturday night. And that's, a, um, it, you know, it, has, it, hasn't had a drop here yet, and that was his calling card in Baltimore. Right. And the with Baker's, the, you know, the second reaction or some people call them off-schedule plays. That's always going to be a part of his game. You know, his ability to ad-lib, so to say, and, and, and create. But I've been more impressed, really, because what he can do inside the pocket with Freddie Kitchens. The ball's coming out quick. He's moving his eyes very fast. He's finding the conflict defender where he can read, whether it's high to low, whether it's three level, whether it's four verticals down the field, whatever it may be. He's finding those conflict defenders. He's starting to move safeties with his eyes. That was a deep ball to Perriman in Carolina. Yep. He had a, t- a tight end cross the face of the safety. What did Baker do? He looked out the free safety to hold him in the post. Now he's got the one-on-one outside. You know, we, well, sometimes we take those things for granted. You know, when you watch Rodgers do it, when you watch Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, and watch those guys do you take it for granted. When you see a young quarterback in this rookie season who had to go through a coaching change, come on, man. You don't hear that stuff. You don't. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, when I was a rookie, I, you know, it took me like two weeks to know where the bathroom was in the facility. You know? <laughs> when I was a rookie in St. Louis, the second week of practice, they got lost going home. There was no GPS back then, you know. There was, you know, it wasn't like you pull up your iPhone and find out where you were. I was lost in the woods in St. Louis somewhere. So, you know, <laughs> to see uh, Baker, what he's doing, uh, playing at such a high level. You know, one of my favorite games for Baker was this year, the Houston game. Oh, 100%. Because I, I think – and I, Well, I mean, before I'm going to let you go here, I think he went at halftime and said, look, I effed this up. But we're going to go out here with, and we're going to fight and we're going to do everything we can. And if you take out the 10 points he gave up with the interception – and even, I'll give it three on Cleveland's end, because the one he threw towards the end of the half was a field goal they probably could have had. So he gave them 13 points, and you saw him. He was pissed. And then we saw. Yeah, that, that is that's leadership, because you really don't know. Uh, look, I've always said this about football players. Whether it's the kids I coach at IC Catholic Prep here in Chicago area, or it's Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, you really don't know about a player until things go south. Okay, that's when you can really judge a player and find out what type of football character they have when they have to deal with adversity. Okay, whether it's playing through an injury, whether it's playing through a losing streak, whether it's having a first half of football you'd want to forget. Uh, and those are the those are the the best situations you want to be in as a coach. You want to see what happens next. Okay, you know, a young player had, had a poor first half. Let's see how he responds. And I love that because he got baited into some throws. I mean, that's a veteran defense in Houston with a veteran defensive coordinator. They baited him into some throws. You know, the first one's the linebacker. They were bluffing pressure. They dropped off in the cover two. Linebacker steps in and pick off the seam route. I think the Jonathan Joseph pick, he's baiting him outside. He's lying in the weeds. Being a veteran corner who has done this for years and years, just, just hoping Baker would throw that football so he could break and drive it. He made a play out. Those are also, Jeff, those are teachable moments for a young quarterback because now they're on film. And now you can go back and watch the film and say, okay, this is why I should have thrown the scene ball. This is why I should have tried to fit that ball uh, up the field when I know there's a veteran corner squatting outside. Okay, but like you talked about, and the point I was getting to is he comes back in the second half and starts throwing dimes. <laughs> you know, and leading yeah. his team back. You know, and leading his team back in a situation where they're not in the playoff discussion. 
That's another part of this. That's another huge part of it. Is they're still playing, and and the term I always use is being professional. You know, act like a pro. That's your job. Your job is to play football right now. Even if you're out of the playoff discussion, your job is to play football. Your job is to play winning football, to go out there and execute, to make corrections, to make adjustments during the game. To play late in the season, week 16 and 17, when your body's telling you not to play. That's what's happening right now, Jeff, for all these guys. Their body's saying, I can't do this anymore. Everything hurts. There's no one, everyone who's in the uniform the next two weeks is not. No one's healthy. Okay, that ends after the first kickoff. We've never helped you yet. Well, it was kind of you funny know? because like, uh, there were some Patriot reporters today trying to make some excuses for Tom's Brady, like, oh, well, his knee is bad. Tom's 41 years old, and he's <laughs> it's week 16. Maybe his knee is bad, maybe it isn't, but he's 41 years old. Dude, there ain't nobody healthy in this league right now except for a practice squad guy who maybe got called up you know, yesterday. Right, no one's healthy. And I always say, you know, I have the, you know, was very lucky in my young career to play with Brett Favre in Green Bay. And I'm sorry now, Brett was never helped. He wasn't, you know, but he, you know, Brett played forever and played consecutive games forever. And we all saw him take hits and get up and keep playing and keep competing. And I'm telling you right now, when it comes from the quarterback position, it changes everything. It's one thing for a safety to be a leader. You know, Jamal Adams is a great leader for the New York Jets. It's another thing with a quarterback when it comes to the quarterback position. Because that impacts the guys in defense and special teams, too. That's who you're looking at. You're always looking at that. I tell you, when I played in Green Bay of Far, you know, you couldn't, I never wanted to sit down on the sideline. You wanted to see what he would do next. <laughs> you know, you wanted to see what you, he would do next. Exceptional leadership, on-the-field leadership. And that's all that really matters. You're talking about grown men. That's what you do on the field. Right? And, and that's where that leadership comes from. But I think your point's 100% correct because – Everyone, if you're in a uniform, you're ready to play. That's how it should be. Everyone has to get treatment. Everyone has to adjust what they do in the weight room now. There's guys that can't even bench and do shoulder press anymore. It hurts too much. They're just trying to get through the next week, trying to get through three hours on a Sunday. And like I said, but that's a testament to the Cleveland Browns what they're doing right now. No, and I, they're I, playing and playing in games that some guys might. I'm not, I'll never say it. You can't do that in NFL. You pack it in, you're not going to survive. You're, you're not going to make it to the game. You're going to get hurt. Seriously hurt. But what it shows, though, is their preparation. And what I mean by that is that they're still game planning. They're still focused on the film study. They're still preparing to play winning football. Well, a perfect example of what you're saying, though, is Larry Ogunjobi. We don't really know what the deal is with his bicep. But here he is, a young mm-hmm. kid, still out of here week in, week out. Um, but and I want to go back to where you said, you know, the first half struggles with Houston. Uh, yeah, Baker struggled. But what did we see against Carolina? It was, hey, maybe I need to go vertical before I start, you know, going the 10 to 15 route. And that's how they ended up taking that game. And it's, a, like you said, learning experience. And, you know, somebody had his his calling card that day. But he came back, and they learned from it. Guys, Locked On Browns here. Uh, Matt Bowen, ESPN.com, former you know seven-year NFL safety, uh, part of uh, Gray Williams' defenses. Uh, guys, Matt, I always get excited. I kind of just sit back and listen. And first things first is Matt can always talk. But the uh, Locked On NFL podcast, Matt Williamson does a great job over there, guys. Um, he puts it together a fantastic lineup Monday through Fridays. So Matt Williamson, Locked On NFL, go ahead and make sure you're checking that out. 
Now, here's one, one thing, a couple, before we close, Matt. Freddie Kinchins, has this been a really cool run? Or is Freddie Kinchins a guy who's going to stick around here in the NFL? Whether it's Cleveland or whether it's going to be somewhere else. I mean, look, Cleveland's got changes to make, whether they make mm-hmm. them or not. But, I mean, Freddie has shown himself extremely well to this point. Yeah, and he can coach. There's no question about it. You can see it in the film. He can coach. He can scheme. Wishbone. Wishbone. And and just bringing some fun stuff. And, you know, everybody loves Nagy over in Chicago because, you know, you get some straight tea. It's fun to see that guys will get creative. But Freddie's done this. It's a short sample, but he's done it. Yeah, he has that that creative angle to his game plan. But he also has the core stuff that wins. He can still call off-tackle lead with Nick Chubb. Right, he can still run slant flat uh, on the touchdown of Callaway Saturday night. Because um, again, why do you run slant flat and go on? One of it caters to Baker's ability, anticipate his ability to read. It's man coverage. The flat route's going to widen the inside defender. He's got to go now. The window's there to throw the ball to Callaway. Perfect ball upfield, show the throw. Um, but yeah, he can coach. There's no question about it. And I, you know, as we're sitting here talking about this, Jeff, I'm I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see where this all goes. Uh, because we talked about Greg earlier in the podcast. I think Greg has shown everyone that he can, you know, he has been head coach since he was in Buffalo, but <clears throat> Greg has created another opportunity for himself next year, whether it's staying in Cleveland or going to be a coordinator, or going to interview for head coaching job. We don't know that. I, I think I says, think what's good the with these, board. I think what's good with these kids, Matt, is that, and look, Matt, you have children, I have children, and, and you get to a point where you just can't BS them. And the guy who, is not here anymore. Kind of went that route. Every they look at Greg Williams, they look at an older guy, you know, maybe, you know, almost like in a fatherly role. Greg's going to say what he's going to say, but there's no minced words. He's not mixing anything. What he tells you is exactly what he believes. And I think kids these days as educated as they are, they respect that more than okay, uh-huh, 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 and everything's fine. And it, you get a lot more that way. Just be honest. And I think that's why Greg it you know I told listeners today and and followers today look I think it's better than twenty five percent right now that Greg what this may stick the course that it's on. Hmm. You bring up a great point about kids. We have that elf on the shelf thing, you know, and uh, you know, I try to move that thing every day. I thought we were I thought we were done. I thought we were I thought we were done with it. But uh, my my eleven year old still throws up her forty uh, yard jump forty. Uh, Forty foot jumpers, hoping for Christmas presents. So uh, the oldest, the oldest understands it. The youngest is like, well, if I cling to that, maybe I can get my iWatch if I already have a phone. Ridiculous. <laughs> I got four boys, man. That elf in the shelf is not going to stop them from, you know, doing WWE wrestling in the family room. Exactly. The elf in the shelf's not, they're not doing anything, man. Somebody's still getting a sweet but, chin music, and somebody's still getting yeah. you know, Razor Ramon. Uh, we got rock bottoms going on in the <laughs> so, but no, I, like I said, I I think Kitchens can coach. So again, where does his opportunity come? I don't know, but he's he's earned that opportunity. He, he's shown thirty-two NFL general managers that he can coach, and thirty-two head coaches that he can coach, and I think his career is just starting in terms of climbing that ladder and moving on. If he moves on from Cleveland landing an offensive coordinator position. I think he's earned that right. He showed that he can develop and work with a rookie quarterback. 
I think the game Saturday night, we talked about the Houston game. I played in Denver. That, 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 that's no joke out there. Yep. It's a hard place to play, especially prime time. Especially against Bradley Trevor and Bob Miller on the hitch. You know, that it's not easy to play in those situations. Um, and a defense is going to be aggressive and play man coverage and bring pressure. And and you're going to have games like that where not, it's, it's not perfect. You know, you can't throw deep balls all the time or there's not as many open windows. So you're going to have situations where you don't move the ball effectively. And how do you adjust? How do you weather that football game? And how do you get out of there? You know, road games in the NFL. It's just, it's it's always hard. It's always hard to win on the road, and especially in a prime time setting when you have one less day to prepare as well, which they did. So that was a very impressive win, an impressive win for Greg and for Freddie Kitchens. Well, and that was the, even the thing though, because you know what, when we did the post game show and we record right after, and it was you know good teams win ugly on the road. And look, you know, if for the Browns to win a game where Baker Mayfield was not outstanding is huge. And, you know, and there was some, you know, kind of clap backing today this week about, you know, that uh, somebody reported that one of the Browns offensive players didn't think they should have gone for, for fourth and one, you know, go ahead and get the field goal. But when Greg is a head coach and has as much faith in his defense as he always will, that makes it good for the offense because he's like, look, you do your thing. And if you don't, don't worry about it. I trust my guys are going to do it. And, you know, as much as whoever, whatever offensive player, whether it actually happened, said that quote, Greg's defense, because Greg felt it, stepped up and did it. And, you know, that's where he ended up with Jabril clinching it. And and I think Greg, that's where he, he brings a good presence if you're going to go this route is – off, and this started right off the bat. It was Kansas City. It was all these games early mm-hmm. where he started. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Whatever. Put the pressure on my D. I'm confident in that part. Right. And, you know, to speak to your point about Baker, uh, anyone who's watched the New Orleans Saints the last couple of weeks at Tampa Bay, at Carolina, that's an MVP candidate, Drew Brees, who did not, did not have his best day. Right? What, but they won both games. When you get to playoffs, no one cares. You're in. Right? Yep. When you win type games like that, and you're talking about building a program, which Cleveland is, you have to win games like that. And that happens all over the league. That is all. Anyone watch that Monday night game? That, 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 there's parts of that game was hard to watch. You know, there was not a lot of offensive structure. You had two defenses that were playing lights out, in my opinion. And sometimes your quarterback is going to struggle. That means you got to find other ways to win. Whether it's another phase with special teams, whether it's a defense, and then. Ooh, the case there and there from the Browns, especially in the football games, the defense that went out and won that football game because they brought pressure, because they had confidence, because they're ultra aggressive to close the game out there, that they were going to win that football game. But it happens all the time. You know, you can't you can't look at a quarterback and think he's going to throw for 400 for 16 weeks. He's not going to do it. That's not how football works. There's going to be games when other phases of your football team have to win for you and have to show up and make plays in critical game situations. And that is, it's weird because you look at the NFC and, you know, I did a show last night um, where, you know, you're looking at the NFC playoff picture and, you know, Matt, obviously where you are in Illinois, the Bears, they may be in the advantage of their game will travel best if, you know, look, nobody wants to go to Chicago, nobody wants to go to, you know, Soldier Field in January, but if they have to go to L.A., if they have to go to New Orleans, 
that kind of aids them. Look, obviously, New Orleans is great at home. L.A., sure, whatever, with the Rams. But the Bears are still bringing that mentality where they are strong on both sides. And it seems like they're picking up where other teams in the NFC are kind of slowing down a little bit. Right, and if Trubisky plays like he did last week, they're a very dangerous team because think about what they do with Trubisky when he's at his best. It's the quick game. It's the run-pass options. It's the inside vertical trust. The Bears, I mean, what it's from they're top ten right now in you know, deep ball games. They will take their shots down the field, but they're calculated deep ball shots. The thing with Mitch is can you cater to his athleticism and can you eliminate the mistakes? Because if he doesn't turn the football over, if he's quick with his eyes, if he gets the ball out, and if Nagy continues to create open throwing windows, which he can within that scheme, then you flip it over to the defense and the special teams. And that's where the Bears are the strongest. Because right now on defense, their front seven is absolutely nasty. And as I wrote my piece today, I picked them as the best secondary in the NFL this year. And it was hard to pick a best secondary. But the reason I picked them is because of the chemistry they play with together. Their ability to make plays in the football, the ability to take the football away, and they have the perfect combination. Look, you're not going to find a great second in the NFL without a, a pass rush that gets home. It's always a two-way street, rushing coverage. It always has. And the Bears have a pass rush that can get home, and they have players in the secondary, especially Eddie Jackson, who we already talked about, and Kyle Fuller, who will take the football away from you. And what they do with Vic is great because they are a modern NFL defense. Everyone wants to, to point to that Monday night game between the Rams and Kansas City and say this is the future of football. I say the future of football is the defensive coordinators who can counter that. And with Vic, they're not very aggressive as a blitz defense. They rush four a lot, and they match everything. So they'll play quarters, you know, and for the listeners out there, quarters is four guys in the back playing a quarter of the field. What they do is they match underneath. Because so now you have someone carrying those seam routes with the safety, the term we use is capping it. That means, you know, a cap, like on top of a bottle or something. You cap it. So now there's nowhere to throw the football. And you have corners outside. You can play off coverage. You can lock your corners outside. You can do a lot of creative things within that scheme. But that defense right now, when I watch them on the film, they play fast. They put the quarterback on the ground, and they attack the football. That that wins in January. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest thing with the Khalil Mack addition is – because it kind of knocked yeah. everybody down. Look, look, you don't have to be the star. Everybody got knocked down a peg, and it was a good defense. And the other thing is, is even if it doesn't work out for the Bears this year, Mitch Trubisky and Nagy, they're going to get another full year together. Everybody else is going to develop mm-hmm. together. And you know that a lot of it comes from that. Matt, before we put a close on this, I'm going to put you on the spot. Super Bowl, who's playing? I'll tell you this. This is who, this is who I picked at the beginning of the season. I picked New Orleans and New England. Okay? Um, I'm still confident in New Orleans. New England, Matt? Come on. I know. Hold on. I'm still confident in New Orleans uh, just because I think, you know, you mentioned playing the Dome. I played there. I mean, it, it is one of the toughest places I've ever been. If they can play um, there, they control they control the fact that they can throw for 400 or run for 250. Right. And that's a great, that's a great point, Jeff, because – we, we look at the personnel groupings every week for the NFL matchup show, and, and everyone thinks of New Orleans as like this spread offense. It's kind of the narrative out there. But they will jump in a 22 personnel, which is two running backs, two tight ends, and a fullback is one of the running backs, and, and just run off tackle on you. They have no problem doing that. Sean Payton is a master at finding the matchup. So when he finds something he can expose, if that means that Ingram and Kamara are going to get 40 touches, then that's what they're going to do. 
right? That's what they're going to do. Um, that's a great point. And playing in the dome, I mean, it, it, I mean that place is unique. It's just unique. Uh, it's like it's like a college atmosphere with a roof on top. Man. Yeah, you know how you, we all know how that football is in the South, man. Those guys, it, it's just a different, different thing down there. Right, and you know, I picked New England at the beginning. I'll tell you what I see on film right now from New England. Now they have a super athletic matchups with Gordon and Patterson. Okay, and Julian Edelman is still one of the, the smoothest route runners inside. Problem right now with Gronk is he's not playing as fast as he has in the past. He's no. not creating separation. And it's just the truth of it. And, and we talk about guys being hurt. You can tell in film that Gronk, Gronk is nowhere near 100%. I think he's one of the toughest guys we've seen in the last 10 years in the NFL, playing through injuries, returning through injuries. But he's not playing at a top speed right now. That has impacted the passing game, especially the middle field route for Tom Brady. They're using more play action to try to get him open. And they're using more 21 personnel. But they're second in the NFL besides behind the 49ers and 21 personnel. So that's two backs. Running back and fullback, one tight end, two wide receivers. More of an old school look for New England. But what worries me is not losing to Pittsburgh. I mean, going to Pittsburgh is, is tough. It's the mistakes they make. You don't see that. The reason New England wins, Jeff, and the reason they're always winning the division and always going to the playoffs, in December and January, they're physically and mentally stronger than everyone else. They don't make mistakes in critical game situations that, that put them behind the sticks or they give the offenses first down. They don't make mistakes on special teams. You know, they don't make coverage and say, they just, that's what not knowing one does, but they did that last week. Okay. And then you had the, the mistake at the end of the game. Uh, that was a coaching mistake, in my opinion, to have Hail Mary defense in the field when Ryan Tannehill had the ball at the 30 yard. You know, that, that was a mistake that cost them a football game there. When I look at the AFC right now, I'm kind of leaning towards the Chargers. I'll be honest. I'm kind of leaning towards the Chargers because when they're going to get Melvin Gordon back, and they showed you the other night, they can run with Justin Jackson, a seventh-round pick out of, out of Northwestern. I called his state championship game for NBC Chicago. When he was playing for Glenbar North, I was up in the booth. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a long, you know, it's just, I was freezing in that situation too, by the way. Too. You know, I'd never done that before, and we were down at the University of Illinois in Champaign, and I went up to the you know, the announcer's booth, and I said, well, where's the window? Oh, we don't have one. We keep it open. Please. I should have had that stuff you were talking about with the, Action the batteries. Heat. Action heat. I needed it. I needed that that night. I was freezing. But uh, Justin Jackson played running back, defense, but I didn't keep that support. Just a uh, complete star. Uh, but getting back to the Chargers. One, it's Phil Rivers. Okay, Phil Rivers is like Peyton Manning at the line of scrimmage. But the yeah, other thing, safety, but, but before you go on, with Philip Rivers, Philip. I mean, so many people disrespect him. I think he needs this day in the sun. He does. He deserves it. But go ahead. Uh, I mean, he's battled forever. He played a playoff game and a torn ACL, too. Yep. Okay, everyone remembers that. Uh, so, he just the stinking Patriots. Well. Yeah. But when, you, when you're a safety and you're going to rotate, you know, I'm always about safety rotations. You show too high, you move to one high. You take one step. Uh, Rivers knows what you're doing. He is unbelievably smart and the way he plays the line of scrimmage helps him so much um like i said you're going to get gordon back <clears throat> keenan allen he has to be healthy obviously mike williams showed you the other night uh why he had top 10 traits and why he was drafted in the top 10 and defensively what they can do and you know they play the old seahawks defense a lot of cover three but getting some too deep too deep they can play man but the impact that derwin james gives you 
the impact of having Bosa back, Bosa and Ingram coming off the edge. Yep. Desmond King, a former Hawkeye uh, who plays in the slot, and I still have no idea why he slips all the way to the fifth round because he's a heck of a football player. Because jerks like me good. said he was a safety, Matt. Because jerks like me said he was a safety and ignored the intelligence that he had at the cornerback position. So I'll well, here's you. the thing. We talked about opportunity earlier in the podcast, right? A lot of the work, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but a lot of where you're drafted means everything, okay? A system means everything. Opportunity to compete for a spot. Desmond went to the best system possible. He could play almost like a strong safety. That's basically with him and, and Derwin on the field, you basically have two strong safeties. With coverage ability. Cover three. Right, right. Who can tackle, too, and physical, and can both blitz. You know, that is something so, you know, so much in Gus Bradley's defense. And like I said, Bosa back, Bosa's fresh. Okay, Bosa's not as beat up as everyone else in the NFL. He is fresh. Kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin when he, uh, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. He came back like, you know, in the playoffs, like the first week and was running, you know, 4-2 while everybody else was, you know, minus .2 on their 40s because they've been beat up and played an entire NFL season. Right. But back to my point about the Patriots, if they do make those corrections, Man, you're going to have to knock them out because they're not, they're not going to go out on their own. You're going to have to knock them out. I, I, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait. I love the NFL players. I love them more than anything because every play matters. You have a bad quarter. You're going home. I've told, I think I've told you this before. When I was at the Packers in 2002, uh, we went in the last game of the season. We're 12 and 3. We, if we won, we would have been 13 and 3, number one overall seed in the home field advantage. Were Jeff you with Eric Metcalf that year? Did he no, come in late to return punts? Or maybe it was a year after. Okay. Yeah. So, Chad Pennington lit us up in week 17 at the Meadowlands. Chad Pennington, Santana Moss, that lit us up. So, instead of being the number one overall seed in home field, we had to play in the wild card six days later against Michael Vick and the Falcons. Oh. At Lambeau Field, Saturday night, was snowing. That was the first Packers playoff loss at Lambeau Field ever in the history of the franchise. And my, we couldn't tackle Vick. Um, we had a pump block and special teams for a touchdown. Turned the ball over on offense just like that. That entire season was over. My point of that is you go in the playoffs and you have, you lose critical game situations. Or you lose on special teams. You lose on special teams in the playoffs, you're going home. Because you're going to give up field position and give up a score that you can't get back. But that's how important the playoffs is. And that's why it's so great because there is a lot of competitive balance in the NFL this year. Like you're talking about you know, the Rams, the Bears, you know, Dallas Cowboys. If they can control Temple, control the line of scrimmage with Zeke, and get the ball to Mark Cooper in ISO routes outside and lean on that defense that plays faster than anyone in the league, hey, then they can make a run too. Seattle. If Seattle can run the football effectively and make explosive plays on offense in an efficient passing game and play that style of defense that Pete Carroll watched, hey, they're not, they're, there's no easy outs. That's my point. You still got Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. You know, if the Ravens get in, let's talk about that, Jeff. If the Ravens get in, mm-hmm. you have to prepare completely differently throughout the week because you have to you have to prepare for a bunch of quarterback design runs with Lamar Jackson. And if you make a mistake on that, that's a touchdown. Lamar runs a four three. I don't care they didn't time at the forty. Everyone who watches college tape in Louisville can tell you that. They're going to use play action. They're going to use some RPOs. They're going to create some inside throwing windows for him as well. And that Ravens defense, I almost picked Ravens as the best secondary. The Ravens don't make a ton of plays in the ball, but they are the most physical secondary I've watched in the film all year. Marlon Humphrey, Weddle, those guys. 
you better be ready to play because they, <laughs> they're going to challenge every single route. So important in all this is I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite yet. I don't. I really don't. And that's why I'm so excited for the playoffs to start. And really the last two weeks of the season, too, a lot of things can change. Mm-hmm. What if the Colts get it? And Andrew Luck, the way he's playing, the way their defense is playing. They're also they're Lovey Smith's defense in Indianapolis. They're playing cover two. Zone pressure. Not very not very exotic by any means. Go watch Darius Leonard play football. The rookie linebacker. You know. So it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait for it. That's my point of all of this. No, and it is. It's the best part because, look, you know, even if your team's involved or they're not involved, you know, it's just rooting interest, rooting interest, and just sitting down and watching NFL football with the biggest, you know, prizes on the line. And you know, every now and then, I mean, you know, years ago, Tom Brady, David Givens was a big part of his arsenal in playoff stuff. You get unsung heroes to Sean Foster years ago with the Carolina Panthers, things of these nature, and that's just. That's that's what makes it a fun part. I mean, look, the NCAA tournament is great for football guys. Now, give me the NFL playoffs where, you know, a whole bunch of guys we know, and let's just see how it all plays out. Um, guys, Matt Bowen here, um, whether he's the pastor of football, the pastor of defense, whatever, um, it's, it's fun when I get to talk with Matt because most of it is is I kind of just lob it up and Matt takes care of every other part of it. But Matt Bowen, um, his matchup, uh, his shutdown index piece over at ESPN.com, fantastic. Matt works hard. Uh, the uh, NFL, uh, the ESPN NFL matchup show that Matt does, fantastic work. And it's great, Matt, seeing you. you know, and yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not so tech savvy. But putting up a screen and moving things around, it's good stuff, Matt. It really is. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, guys, if you do not know Matt Bowen's work, make sure you follow it. Matt, before I start to put a close on the show, I'm going to say, let's go, Matt's. Look, some free Asian editions, Matt. Come on. We're trying to compete. We're trying to compete, hopefully. For what, free agency? Well, the Mets. I mean, come on. We've made some moves. I mean, we want to play oh, in Mets? October. Come on, man. Come on. That's not happening. It's not <laughs> happening. Starting pitching, man. I mean, Starting pitching. I mean, I, mean, I can't. Well, that's that's it. It's, I mean, just like uh, everyone, everyone wants to get faster in a baseball season. Guys hit home runs, man. Starting pitching, just like in, in what we're talking about in the NFL. One time, so how many yards thrown for man? Give me the guys who can rush the passer and tackle. That's going to win. <laughs> that's ultimately going to win it. The defense side of the ball. So I agree with you there. <laughs> I still can't believe the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs lost that that wild card game this year. The Brewers, man, that was brutal. Um, you know, a couple of the World Series this year. So, well, okay. Well, I agree well, with you done, there. We're done with that. We're done with that. That's all. The Cubs are the World Series. I might see him get Harper. I'll be to happen. That's well. I mean, there's the wild cards of Machado and Harper. Um, but Kristen Yelich, who kind of stung it to you a little bit. Um, I have a home yeah. run ball that we caught off a foul pole at City I'm Field. I'm telling me that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, but obviously it wasn't for the Mets, so it doesn't matter. But Matt, this year, I'm telling you. We're gonna have to check the schedule. If Matt can be in Bristol and Cubs, Mets, and City Field, might work out well, bud. That's not far from well. there. Yeah, not far from there at all. That's right. All right. Well, if we're gonna to get together, there's gonna to be some bush lights and some Ubers and oh, no you know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't drink craft beer. I, I've never had it in my life. Can't handle so. it. 
Nah, I don't need that soapy no, no. shit. That goes on pancakes. I, I, mean, I have a that. very simple. I have a very simple rule uh, with beer. If you can't buy it in the thirty pack, I won't drink. So that's it, Matt. That's why we. That's why we yin and yangs as well as we do, guys. Like I said, go ahead, Matt. Follow Matt Bowen. Um, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. It is a follow back account. Matt, don't make me laugh as I gotta close this up. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, guys, uh, I I do appreciate th- that you are gonna enjoy this because one thing Matt brings is a ton of football knowledge. I get smarter. I hope you guys learn some things because Matt, you just kind of let him go, and you can see why he was the seven year player that he was. You can see why he's successful with the kids he coaches. Don't BS. Just be honest, and, and and that's maybe where Greg is working with this team, and we'll see how this is all going to play out. But look, you, you, however it works out, there's two games left to play. Win these games. Let these guys go in the offseason 8-7-1. Let Baker Mayfield understand that maybe this is his city now 100% after Mr. LeBron James left. As we always say when we close, Lockdown Browns. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.